Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Play Along at Home. I hope you're all doing well today. It is great to see, well, I guess I can't see any of you, because I'm sitting here in my kitchen with my wife and Charmander, who you can probably hear in the background is being insane. But I don't know if you can hear or not. Would you stop running around? Anyway, this episode of Play Along at Home is going to be tailored towards our Wind Ensemble friends. If you are in Wind Ensemble, this is specifically for you. However, if you're not in Wind Ensemble and you just want to have a good old laugh or something to be listening to, you're more than welcome to hang out. Today, we are going to be talking about the following topics while we're playing along at home. Uh, We're going to talk about some warm-up things that we need to do to make sure that we are keeping ourselves strong and keeping our musicianship going. We're going to talk about some of our concert music, too. Um, Today, we're going to focus mostly on the Holst Suite, as well as um, Rumble on the High Plains. So, um, but I'll, I'll give a little snippet about the other two as well. So, let's talk about warming up, because I know, if you're like me, warming up is really important to making sure that you play with your best sound at all times. There are a lot of different things that you can do to make sure that you're warming up effectively, and most of them, honestly, can be found in your Enchiridion. Side note, if you forgot your music, or you don't have your music, Mr. Zanella took everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, out of the band room when we left. So if you're missing something, let me know, and I'll make sure I can get it to you. That's really easy for me to do. Anyway, your Enchiridion, it's got lots of different things you can do to warm up. All of those letter B exercises are designed as long tones for you to be able to work on great tone as well as flexibility on your instrument. You should play long tones when you start playing. Hold each note for a really long time. I'm talking like eight counts at the minimum. And make sure that you play with your best sound as you do it. If you have a tuner, make sure you put that tuner out in front of you and work on getting your intonation as well as your tone at the exact same time. Two birds, one stone, getting lots of great things done. Um, you should also be making sure that you're doing, I would do one of those keys every day and play all those exercises. If you're good at scale and thirds, try that scale and fourths exercise. That's the fourth one down, letter D. Um, letter E's are also really good for your articulation. When you play these different things, oh my god, Charmander. When you play these different things, you can change your articulation pattern. Slur to tongue to on all the eighth note exercises would be really helpful. Tongue to slur to, mix it up, slur three, slur four, slur the entire thing. Who cares? I'm not there to tell you you can't do it, so go for it. You should also make sure you set a metronome while you're warming up. It's really helpful to have a metronome and a tuner at the same time to keep yourself honest. That metronome is never going to lie to you. Neither will I, but it definitely won't because it can't because it's a robot and it doesn't feel or have any kind of emotions. So, warm it up. Play long tones. Play some of those exercises in the Enchiridion. If you were going to play for 20 minutes of a practice session, you should take 5 minutes and work on some of those exercises in there. Um, It's going to be really helpful for you. If you need someone to tell you which one to do today, why don't you do Concert E-flat? So, we're going to go ahead and start talking first about um, the Second Suite in F for Military Band um, by Gustav Holst. Incredibly famous and well-known piece of music for the band medium and band literature. Um, This week, if you're able to practice and you're going to be looking at this piece, I'd like you to look at the first two movements. 
that is the march and then it's also um it's called a song without words um which is kind of uh, the second movement is really slow and really pretty um, let's talk about the march first so you'll notice that as you look through your part there are not a lot of accidentals if anything so this is pretty much in f concert f this entire time um, when we get to rehearsal H, where it is in 6-8, it actually goes, um, we actually change keys, and instead of being in um, concert F major, we actually go to a different key, uh, and that key is actually concert B flat minor. So that's what the 6-8 section is in. But still, not any accidentals really going on through this first movement. Um, that does not mean that it's not going to be challenging for you, though. It is going to be conducted in cut time. So the opening is one E and a two, one E and a two, one E and a two, and one and two, and a one and two, and one two, one E and a two, and one and two, and a one and two, and one two. Um, so it'll be in cut time as we go through. This needs to be practiced slow to start, and special attention needs to be taken for the articulations when they're slurred and when they're not slurred and when there are staccatos marked. Um, the big first section where everybody plays um, is marked in my score at least. It's letter A. Um, and it's where we play bum 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 one and a two and a one e and a two and a one e and a two and one and two and a one and two and one two um, is a, the big first opening phrase. Now a lot of some of you have the melodic content um, which is what I just sang for you um, but some of you have some other things going on too, especially in the low brass. There is a fair amount of counter melody, and you can you'll know that that is happening when you've got um, eighth notes printed. So as you work on this first movement here, make sure that you start nice and slow, and maybe even take it in four. Um, that will help you to get everything lined up properly. Take really close attention for those dynamics. We want to make sure that we have huge contrasts. We go into a section where the woodwinds play, um, and it's piano. It's marked rehearsal B for me. Um, make sure that that is nice and soft and a big contrast from the next big section where we have all of our brass playing again. Um, there are some accents to make sure that you watch out for, uh, and make sure that you're holding through all of your sustained notes. Now, um, in my score, it's pickups the letter E. Um, this is where the texture gets really, really thin, and it's actually a euphonium solo. Uh, super famous euphonium solo. Make sure it's nice and legato as you play through. Now there are, I have no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to count through some of these parts, especially if you take it in four to start, you're not going to run into trouble. Where we might start running into trouble is the 6-8 section. Now in this 6-8 here, um, we want to make sure that you take your time and you go nice and slow. Summer Resounding had a lot of 6-8 in it, and this piece is kind of setting us up for that. Don't let the key signature throw you off. This is the minor version of your regular B-flat major. Um, as we count through, uh, and I'm scanning through and making sure I'm not seeing any rhythms that should be incredibly difficult for you to count, it's just going to take a little bit of practice on your part. It does go faster than that, but um, you want to make sure that we're keeping that moving. 
the clarinets and the saxophones have the melody right where the 6-8 starts before our upper woodwinds kind of join us as we go. Um, the only tricky part maybe that is the last eight measures of that phrase. Um, it happens a couple different times, but here's a spot where everyone is playing, or a lot of us are playing. And that's when you have eighth note, quarter note, one, two, or um, short, long, or something like that. Make sure that we've got that going. As you practice this movement, if you need any extra help, it's really important that you just reach out to me and let me know because it is my job to help you and I still want to make sure that I'm able to do that for you. Now, we're going to move on to the second movement with a little bit of practice tips as you go through this. If you haven't already, please mark um, a minus for wherever your releases are. If you play a dotted half note right at the beginning, you're going to have a minus four. You're going to release on four. If you have a half rest followed by a half note tied across the bar line, you're going to have a minus two. It's important the way that this piece is created that those releases go all the way there. So you're going to overlap each other. It's like, um, like you're painting. So if you had a red crayon, well not a crayon, if you had red paint and yellow paint, orange would be in the middle if they overlapped. Kind of like a Venn diagram is a great way. It's like a sound Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, there's a clarinet solo at the beginning, um, so make sure that you're also playing and practicing that really, really quiet. Now, when everybody starts to come in, um, and we have a lot more melodic content happening, these eighth notes need to be passed around. So your last note that you play if before a rest needs to have a kind of um, a tenuto on it. It needs to be long. One and two and three and four off. So that there's allows it to connect with each other. Um, the trumpets kind of take over the melody at that first rehearsal marker on this one. And it keeps going from there. Um, but it's a gorgeous piece of music. You should also listen to this so you can hear exactly how all these things fit together. Now, the second movement is not hard rhythmically and melodically, um, but it is going to be challenging to play with great expression. Make sure that in the middle of a phrase that your lines are continuing to carry and that you're playing with rise and fall on your dynamics. If you are able to practice the first and second movement of this this week, that would be incredibly helpful for all of us to learn these things together. We ran through them just a little bit all together, but now it's your time to work on your puzzle piece. So please make sure that you're doing that as we continue to go forward here. The next piece of music we're going to talk about today is Rumble on the High Plains. I do not need you to practice the vocalizations. We did a great job of that with the oohs and the ahs. Sounded fantastic. Definitely a little silly as we went through. But something that definitely needs to be worked on, percussion, I'm looking at you. Oh my goodness, you have got to count through some of these things and practice with a metronome. If we come back together and you are not able to play these things, I'm going to ask you what you've been doing. Because these rhythms are not so challenging that you can't figure them out, but you're going to have to take the time. You will not be able to just sight read this over and over and over and hope for the best. You've got to practice counting. I would mark in those rhythmic counts in there for you. And if you're not sure what to do or how to do it, set up a time with me and I would love to help you out. Everybody else, we have got some really dissonant 
harmonies happening through here. This is an atonal piece of music. There is no key. There is no tonal center. There is no key signature. So if it's not marked, it is natural. And make sure that all those accidentals get carried through. Uh, this piece, I'm not going to lie, is going to be a lot of the brunt on the percussion section. And percussion friends, if there was ever a time for you to practice something, it's this piece of music. Make sure that you're comfortable with that. Now, as we all play together at 143, this is a time where we really have to focus on our phrasing. We should be playing phrases um, that go across a, diff a couple different measures and a couple different number of measures. Essentially, the way it works is you have a phrase anytime you are starting to play before there's another rest. So at 143, if you play right there, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, off. It's going to go all the way through there. So you've got to play and play through that first dotted half note. Um, but anytime that you play and then you rest and then you start again, that was a new phrase. Um, and it goes through here and it's an, it's an irregular number of measures. Um, slightly faster at 157. Make sure that you're playing through that. Um, and count those rhythms really carefully into 163. One, into four, into one. That rhythm's used a lot throughout this piece. Um, for the whole band together, if there was a section, if I were to ask you, other than percussion, just work on like this entire thing because it's hard. Um, I would tell you that probably um, from 163 to the end is going to need a little bit of your attention. There are a lot of layers that happen here, uh, and you've got to make sure that your layer is working properly. Hold through all those long notes and make sure that you are doing full durations for all those counts. Don't cut anything short or add more than needs to be there. Um, at the very end, there's one little section that we really need to make sure we look at. 205, my woodwind friends, work on your runs. But when we get to 207, this is put together a little strangely. Um, and this is between everyone except the flutes and piccolo and clarinet. If you take a look, you are either playing one and, and three, four and, and two, three and, and, or you're playing and two, three and, and one, two and, and four. Those things are not going to line up together, so you've got to make sure that you practice your part by itself. Altos and trumpets and horns, you are together. Tenor, berry, bass clarinet, trombones, baritone, tuba, you are together. So we have one and, and three, four and, and two, three and, and, and it's going to go bum, 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 and it's going to go back and forth, and it's super crazy. Um, look at the directions for the crazy scale thing at the end, but you can figure that out. You are smart people, and I believe in you. So, um, like I said before, if you're going to practice and you're practicing rumble on the high planes, really work on some of those long durations in the slow middle section. And then mostly 163 to the end has got a lot of layers, and your puzzle pieces need to be worked out so that we can put them all together. The last thing really briefly I want to talk about is today's The Gift Percussion. Again, this is another one that you're going to have to really practice and look over. Make sure that you do. Um, let's really quick go over the vocalization, how you say this. It is Zare Setotano. Zare Setotano. Cha. Uh, so make sure that you're able to practice that. You can say it with me a bunch of times if you need to. 
Now, my brass friends, uh, on, on this piece in particular, make sure that you count through your rhythms and be really careful about how these go. Um, next episode for next week, we're going to talk more specifically about this. Um, however, you really need to make sure that you are looking over it a little bit. Percussion, I'm talking to you guys again. Please look over this piece and work on some of those rhythms. If you've got more than one drum you're playing, set yourself up with some pots and pans if you have to. But do something to help yourself out. Alright, so we are actually going to take this time now and we're going to move on to Charmander's Corner. Alright, so here we are again here at Charmander's Corner, the segment where I share with you some of my Bearded Dragon Charmander's favorite music. We're going to talk really briefly today because I kind of rambled on a little bit through the beginning of that episode, I'm not going to lie. Um, but Holst, Gustav Holst, our composer from the Second Suite in F, has written a huge number of music as well and some other things that you should really check out. Um, one thing that I would recommend for you to check out that is one of the best pieces of music that's ever been written um, is called The Planets. Uh, Gustav Holt's Planets is a really famous piece of music that is written about the planets, but not like them as planets, but as the Greek and Roman gods that they were somehow thought to represent. So there's actually a number of different movements. Um, there's no movement for Pluto because when it was written, it didn't exist yet, and Pluto doesn't count as a planet anymore anyway, R.I.P. Pluto, uh, so we're kind of lucky on that one. Um, there's also no movement for Earth, surprisingly enough. Um, the first movement is actually for Mars, and it's called Mars, Bringer of War. Incredibly exciting, um, definitely check that one out for sure. Um, and you should also listen to Jupiter. Um, Jupiter is incredibly famous super powerful piece of music but if you have some time listen to some of the different movements from the planets and you know what go ahead and send me an email back and tell me which movement was your favorite i would love to hear from you so that is today's episode of charmander's corner Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Play Along at Home, and it's actually helpful for you at, to hear me talk about some of the music that we're playing. Um, if there are any things that you need extra help with, or you want to set up a time to speak with me directly, we can definitely do that. We can set up a Google Hangout, and we can do some private lessons. Check on Canvas to see the, the link to that document. Um, also, start thinking about quotes for today's a gift. Uh, that we're going to share with our audience. So, um, if you need anything, let me know. Always reach out to me, and I hope you play along at home. <laughs>